0: Okay, 3, two, one. oh my goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Shomler. this is Strong Opinion Sports. I feel good today, oh my goodness, I, uh, I know it's awesome. The NFL regular season starts tomorrow, I'm incredibly excited. The Eagles play the Falcons on Thursday night football. This is, if you don't know... This is my final NFL predictions podcast before the NFL season officially starts. I did one earlier. This is my updated version. I'm going to take what we've learned from the preseason and kind of change it, intermingle some things. I want to state something I I really abhor, something that bothers me tremendously with NFL prediction shows. You will see people say, you know, these 15 teams, they're all going to go 13 and 3. Have you ever noticed that's not mathematically possible? I will never do that. This is a stack of 64 NFL schedules. There's 32 teams. I did this twice. I went through every NFL game. I did it seven times in August. I did it another two times all the way through the entire NFL schedule. There are only 256 possible wins in an NFL regular season. No more, no less. If you ever have someone tell you, you know, these 16 teams are all going to go 13 and three. They're lying to you. That's not possible. I will never do that on this show. And the final thing I want to say before we jump into the predictions of... uh really the entire NFL. I love sports. I I, I love sports more than anything. Strong opinion sports for me is my escape. I'm not going to go in depth with this, but I want to say this. You'll know what I mean. If you know what I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff in the world. There's a lot of bad stuff, a lot of good stuff. For me, sports is an escape away from that stuff. I struggle with depression. It's a big deal to me. Uh, this show keeps me going. So strong opinion. Sports is like a sacred place where we talk about sports. You have a bad day at work. Oh, well, come home, come listen to the show, get away from that bad space. There's a lot of real world stuff going on and it's kind of intermingling with sports. I don't, I don't want to do that. I love sports. I'm here for sports. I want to talk about sports. Okay. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I predict the Philadelphia Eagles going 10 and 6. They're down one game from my initial prediction, and earlier in the year I predicted that the Eagles would go eleven and five. The reason why the Eagles went from eleven and five to ten and six is because Carson Wentz is going to be out for the season opener versus the Falcons. Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback week one, and that will have a real impact on their final schedule at the end of the year. That is going to impact their season. The Falcons game is a big deal, and you know, Carson Wentz might be out two weeks. I, I don't think they're going to struggle in week two against the Buccaneers. But Carson Wentz being out week one, that's a difference between 11 and 5 and 10 and 6. And 10 and 6 is a huge difference between 11 and 5 if you're in the NFC. 10 and 6 probably is not going to make a wild card spot. 10 and 6 might not make the playoffs. I also am predicting the Cowboys go 10 and 6. And so it's really going to come down to either the Cowboys or the Eagles making the playoffs in the NFC East. Because the Falcons. The Vikings, the Packers, the Saints, they're all in the same division. They're all going to be competing for two wild card spots. And I don't know that there's a wild card spot available if you're a team in the NFC East. So I, I'm really curious. The other thing to pay attention to there was a lot of noise coming out of the Eagles' locker room this year. There's two locker rooms that I'm concerned about a little bit this year, and that's the Steelers and the Eagles. The Eagles are making a lot of noise. I don't know. I hope that doesn't affect them. It's going to be really interesting to see. I'm really curious, can the Eagles get back to the playoffs? I predict the Eagles to go 10-6, and six, and I'm predicting Carson Wentz to return from his injury week three against the Indianapolis Colts. I believe Nick Foles and the Eagles can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers no problem, Even though the, because the Buccaneers don't have their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston. They're going to be fine. If I'm the Eagles, I'm keeping Carson Wentz safe. I'll bring him back against the Indianapolis Colts week three. They're a safer team, don't have a great defensive line. I'm okay with that. I don't, the Buccaneers have an incredible defensive line. I don't want to bring Carson Wentz, who's just coming off an ACL injury, against the Buccaneers' incredible defensive line. That is not what I want to do. Again, Eagles are going to go ten and six. I'm also predicting the Dallas Cowboys. I predict the Dallas Cowboys to go ten and six. Really, nothing has changed since my initial prediction. Their defense is healthy. That's awesome. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be around all season. That's fantastic. And Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, is going to make a small step forward. He's going to have a small incremental improvement. Uh, One big reason why Dak Prescott is going to play better is because Dez Bryant, his former wide receiver, is now gone. They kicked him out. He got booted from the program. That's good for the Dallas Cowboys. But Dak is not going to have a giant leap forward. Dak Prescott's going into his third season in the NFL. And if you look at the history of quarterbacks, typically quarterbacks show the biggest jump in year 4 or 5 not year 3 Tom Brady, Big Ben, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, all of those guys had a bit had a big statistical jump in year 4 or year 5 not year 3. Year 3 was another incremental step forward. So if you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, I would encourage you just be patient with Dak Prescott. The Eagles are, the Cowboys are going to go 10 and 6 this year and they're going to you know the roster might be better than 10 and 6 but Dak Prescott might lose them a game he could have won them because Dak Prescott is still one year away from his giant leap forward this the big statistical jump from like 4000 yards to 5000 yards from 3500 yards to 4500 yards that big next step for Dak Prescott is not going to come till year 4 or year 5 this is year 3 if you're a Cowboys fan be patient for Dak Prescott the Cowboys will go 10 and 6 now, the New York Giants, I predict the New York Giants to go 5-11, and 11. and that's one game up from my initial prediction. I did, in fact, give the New York Giants another win. Like the, the, the Giants are better all around. They have a great new head coach, Pat Shermer. I really, really like him. He's a great offensive mind. The, Cowboy, the, the Giants have a better offensive line. Their receivers are all healthy, and they just added running back Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon Barkley. Whether you agree to the draft pick or not, I thought the Giants should have taken Sam Darnold. Whether you liked it or not, no one can deny, Saquon Barkley is the best rookie running back in the entire NFL, and he's, he could be similar to Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know that he's as good a runner as Ezekiel Elliott, but he's an incredible athlete. I can't wait to watch him. And it's worth noting, the new head coach has solved a lot of the issues in the locker room, so the defense is far less dysfunctional than it was last year. But if you're a Giants fan, the question you have is, how far can Eli Manning take us? The question is, how good is Eli Manning? Because some people believe in Eli Manning. I do not. I don't believe in Eli Manning. I'll believe it when I see it. Until I have proof, eh, I, I don't know. Remember, Eli Manning is 37 years old, and the last time I remember watching Eli Manning... It was ugly. He got benched. Geno Smith was chosen to start over Eli Manning. Blaine, blame Ben McAdoo all you want. Eli Manning didn't cut it last year. And really, he's declined every single year. The reason why Eli Manning is still the quarterback for the New York Giants, and really the only reason, in my opinion, is people are still caught in the past. People keep looking back at the past. Eli Manning won us two Super Bowls. And you hear that in the comments. All, you read it in the comments all the time. Eli is the franchise quarterback. He got us two Super Bowls. Move on. Get over the past. At some point, you got to move on with your life. I believe 10 years from now, the Giants are going to massively regret not drafting Sam Darnold. Remember, the Giants passed on Sam Darnold, and they committed a 37-year-old Eli Manning instead, a guy who's gotten worse every single year the last three years. Now, it's worth noting, again, I understand why people believe in Eli Manning. Pat Shermer, the new head coach for the Giants, elevated Case Keenum we, Case Keenan went from nobody to suddenly getting 26 I think 26 million dollars a lot of money a ton of money with the Denver Broncos. <clears throat> so I'm a doubter I understand why people doubt why people believe in Eli Manning. I, I don't believe in Eli Manning. I want to make that very clear I do not I do not believe in Eli Manning but all the pieces are there. I mean look, again offensive line receivers running back. A solid defense with less dysfunctional and a great head coach. If Eli Manning can't make it happen this year, he's a bum. And it's time to move on. I think they should have already moved on, but I'm I'm more than most, I'm I'm not afraid of taking risks. And so I get why people believe in Eli Manning. I just do not. I see the Giants going five and eleven. Now the Washington Redskins, I predict the Washington Redskins going four and twelve. And this is down two wins from my initial prediction. Initially, I picked the Redskins to go six and ten. There are a couple reasons why I have moved the Redskins' expectations down. One of them was I was really excited to watch their rookie running back, Darius Geis, from LSU. I was so excited, and then he tore his ACL in the preseason. And wow, wow, wow. I'm just sad. It's not any good. So what, what the Redskins did is they went out and they got Adrian Peterson. And I will admit, I will be the first person to admit, I did not believe in Adrian Peterson. He looked much better than I would have anticipated in the preseason. But I don't think it's going to last. Adrian Peterson's going to look good for the first six, seven weeks. But week 10? This guy's 33 years old. Week 10, Adrian Peterson's going to hit a cliff and tremendously have a huge drop off. I don't know. Week 10, Adrian Peterson is not going to run as fast. As he will week one. He will not hit the hole as hard as he was week one and week 10. The next reason why I don't believe in the Redskins is pretty simple. Their roster is not great. The Redskins roster is simply not that great. And that leads me to reason number three. You remember who their quarterback is, Alex Smith? Alex Smith, the new Redskins quarterback. Remember, the Redskins traded for Alex Smith. They got him from the Kansas City Chiefs. And Alex Smith has played for the Chiefs for the last couple years. And he's had one of the best rosters in the entire NFL and despite having one of the best rosters in the NFL year in, year out, Alex Smith does consistently, and really the only thing he's consistently done, is underachieved. In his entire career at Kansas City, he has one playoff win. Playing with incredible talent all over. Andy Reid, a great head coach. Alex Smith never could get it done in the playoffs. And if you're going to underachieve with the Kansas City Chiefs roster, what's going to happen when he leaves the Chiefs? Now he's with the Redskins. The Redskins roster is worse. I don't believe in Alex Smith, and I don't know why anybody would. He's on a worse roster. He's never really done great anyways, and I, I don't see it. I don't believe it. I don't believe in Alex Smith. I think the Washington Redskins are going to go 4-12. and 12. It's going to be an ugly marriage. So again, the NFC East, here's how I see the NFC East working out. Either the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the division. Go, one of these teams is going to go 10-6. and six. You know, personally, I predict. I think the Eagles. If if there's a tie, right? If the Cowboys and the Eagles both go ten and six, I would put my money on the Eagles. I think the Eagles will go five and one in the division, while the Cowboys go four and two within the division. And uh, you know, the Giants are going to go five and eleven. They'll be in third place, and the Redskins will be last in the NFC East. They will be four and twelve. Only one team from the NFC East is going to make the playoffs. Either the Eagles or the Cowboys, not both. So I want to stay on the East Coast. Let's shift gears from the NFC East to the AFC East. The AFC East has a brutal, brutal scheduling. Their their scheduling is rough because they got to play the NFC North and the AFC South. That means if you're an an AFC East team, if you're the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Jets, or the Bills, if you're any one of those four teams, you're going to play eight really tough games against really tough teams in really tough divisions. So I'm predicting the New York, New England Patriots. Ugh, I predict the New England Patriots to go 9-7. and seven. And that's two games less than my initial prediction. My initial prediction, I initially said when I made my first prediction show, I said the New England Patriots would go 11-5. and five. And then I looked at who they play. Who do they play this year? They play Houston... The Jaguars, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, the Steelers, that's six losses plus another one. I'm going to say they lose a weird division game like the Jets or the Dolphins, which they do every year. They lost to the Dolphins last year. They almost lost to the Jets last year. The Patriots are going to lose one game in their division, a weird one that we nobody expects. Not to mention, again, Houston, the Jaguars, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, the Steelers. Suddenly, the Patriots are 9-7. and seven. Yeah, weirdly enough, I don't think the Patriots are even going to win 10 games this year. I think they're going to go 9-7. It's because the Patriots aren't very talented. Week 7, that's the game you need to watch if you're a Patriots fan. I mean, you'll watch every game. But the Patriots Week 7 game is going to be very telling. The Patriots are going to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears have an inferior coach. So in this matchup, the Bears and the the Patriots. The Patriots have a better coach and a better quarterback. And it may not be enough. And that will be very indicative of the season for the Patriots. The Bears have a good defense and a top pass rush. They have Khalil Mack. Uh, sorry, excuse me, the Bears. The Bears have a great defense and Khalil Mack. The Patriots have a weak offensive line and bad wide receivers. I think Tom Brady is going to struggle on offense against the Bears week seven. And then again... On, on defense, the Patriots are not good. And the Bears have this young, emerging defense. And we'll see. Does the system the Patriots have, can it withstand the pieces that the Bears have in place that they are building? So I think that the Patriots are going to go 9-7. and seven. Week 7 is going to be very indicative when they play the Bears. But 9-7 and seven is my choice for the New England Patriots. That is my judgment. Look, Tom Brady and the Patriots have a crappy, depleted roster. And I am... Uh, I'm fearful for my man Tom Brady. I don't know that he's gonna have a very fun year. He's gonna make the playoffs. He always does. His division isn't very good, but it's not gonna be as grandiose as it's been. It's gonna be a slow, slow decline. You know, Eleven and five, nine and seven, seven and nine. Next thing you know, the Patriots are three and thirteen, and they lost Tom Brady. I predict the Miami Dolphins to go seven and nine. Here's the only story I care about in Miami. There's some weird chatter in Miami. Oddly enough, for whatever reason, the Miami Dolphins really believe in their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. If you remember, if you recall, look back at the NFL draft. The Dolphins had a chance to trade up and draft Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA. They did not do it. If you remember, the Dolphins loved Josh Rosen. Head coach Adam Gase was a huge fan of Josh Rosen, and instead, the Dolphins committed to Ryan Tannehill. Either it was incredibly stupid or genius. We will find out this year. Last year, the Dolphins thought they were a playoff team, and then their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, tore his ACL. And the Dolphins had such high expectations and were so crushed emotionally, they went out and signed Jay Cutler. In my opinion, a bad decision, because what what does having a year with Jay Cutler do for you? You didn't make a playoffs. You got a worse draft pick because of it. It was, it was a bad decision. But the reason why the Dolphins went after Jay Cutler is because they were so disappointed. They thought this was their year to make the playoffs. And again, a lot of that is because they believed in Ryan Tannehill. They were crushed. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. I'll be honest. I would love to, but I'll believe it when I see it. It's kind of like Eli Manning. Yeah, well, prove it to me because I haven't ever seen it. But for whatever reason, the it's weirdly enough the Dolphins do really believe in their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. And I, I got to acknowledge, there is a chance. Maybe he goes off. Maybe he leads the Dolphins to the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But that is a possible storyline. Maybe the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. And their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, just has an unbelievable season. Keep that in the back of your mind. That could happen in Miami. So again, the Dolphins go 7-9. and nine. I am predicting... I am predicting the New York Jets to go 5-11. and 11. And that is three games better than my initial prediction. Initially, I said the Jets would go 2-14. and 14. That was a really, really wrong, really dumb prediction. I, I apologize. Um, it, was, it was a bad one. I, I just was wrong. The Jets named Sam Darnold their Week 1 starter. Um, and, and I do want to say, look, 5-11, and 11, the reason for this is because Sam Darnold's going to be ugly at first. You just got to give Sam Darnold patience. It's kind of It actually reminds me of the USC quarterback situation. USC is playing a true freshman quarterback, JT Daniels. Week one, he's going to be a very different quarterback than week 12. He's going to evolve a lot. And we're going to see Sam Darnold tremendously improve from week one to week 17. He's going to be a totally different quarterback at the end of the year. Now, it's also worth noting the Jets' defense is not bad. They're middle of the road, but they're upper middle of the road. And they have some elite players. Todd Bowles is the head coach of the New York Jets' And he just has this weird way of getting guys to fight. Remember, again, the Jets almost beat the Patriots last year. They did, Nobody expected them to have the season they did, and they they overachieved completely. Because Todd Bowles, the head coach for the New York Jets, gets the most out of his players. It's actually one of the rare times where, because here's my, my belief is always this. I always say, if you're a young quarterback, you should have an offensive-minded head coach to help shepherd you into the NFL. Help guide the way. Oddly enough, Todd Bowles is the one exception to this rule where I say, it's okay. Mitch Trubisky had a defensive head coach in Chicago. That guy got fired. He's gone. They brought in Matt Nagy. And I don't know that that's going to happen with the Jets because Todd Bowles is a great coach. He's one of, the, one of the guys that, even though he's a defensive-minded head coach, he works well with Sam Darnold, I believe, in that match. So if, if you're a Jets fan, all I ask, give Sam Darnold patience. I'm predicting the Jets to go five and eleven, maybe six and ten, maybe seven and nine. That's possible. Late in the year, it depends on how good Sam Darnold looks. I can't predict how much he's going to grow. I just know he's going to get better. Maybe he, maybe he's rookie of the year. Who knows? But right now, my prediction is the Jets go five and eleven. And just if you're a Jets fan, be patient. He's going to throw picks. He's going to fumble. He's going to make mistakes. But he's also going to look really good at times. Hang in there. Be patient and let Sam Darnold develop. Now, finally, we have the Buffalo Bills. I predict the Buffalo Bills to go 1-15. They are the worst team in the entire NFL. They looked, I don't, I don't want to talk about preseason too much. The Bills looked horrible in the preseason. They were awful. And then they compounded their awful moves and the way they looked by trading away their veteran quarterback, A.J. McCarron. Now the Bills have nobody. <laughs> the Bills have no veteran quarterback to take a bunch of beatings. All they have left on their roster is Nathan Peterman at quarterback and Josh Allen at quarterback. The Buffalo Bills are starting the season with Nathan Peterman. Oh boy. Good luck. Uh, Remember, that's the same guy who threw five interceptions last year. And uh, I don't think Josh Allen's ready to go. Josh Allen, remember their number one, their first round pick, seventh overall, does not look ready to play. But at some point, I guarantee he's going to play and it's going to be too early. The Bills' offensive line is terrible. They look atrocious. And I want to repeat this, the Bills at some point, week eight, week six, week three, nobody knows when. But it doesn't matter when. Whenever you play Josh Allen, he's not going to be ready. He's not ready. He should sit on the bench all season long. But they're not going to do that. The way the Bills are handling the Josh Allen situation is terrible. I I believe in Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen could very well develop into a great NFL quarterback. However, the way they are handling his situation is terrible. They need a veteran quarterback. They need a team around him. They're just going to throw the kid to the wolves, let him get slaughtered, and it's going to be ugly. Now, the Bills are going to go one and fifteen. They're going to have the n- number one overall pick next year because of the way they're handling. Look, I don't know that they'd be better with AJ McCarron. They, I think they would have gone thirteen and three. They would or three and thirteen. They would have got one. Two more games if they had A.J. McCarron. Just because he's a veteran, he's stable. He's not going to win games. He's going to look ugly. The Bills suck either way. But the worst thing you can do if you're a Bills fan, the worst thing the Bills can do if you're the Buffalo Bills, is put out Josh Allen too early. He's not ready. I don't think he's going to be ready even week 13. He struggles with accuracy. He's not there. He looked okay in the preseason at times with a lot of backups. The Bills are going to go 1-15. They're the worst team in the NFL and they're going to have the number one overall pick next year. And that, that's how I see the AFC East working out. Again, the tattered Patriots are going to go 9-7. and seven. The Dolphins are going to go 7-9. and nine. They could trade places with the Patriots. The Dolphins could, in fact, challenge the Patriots this year. The Jets are going to go 5-11. and 11. Eventually, give them two years, they're going to dominate the AFC East. And the Bills are the worst team in football. They will go 1-15. and 15. Let's move on to the NFC North. I predict the Green Bay Packers to go 12 and 4. Nothing has changed since my first prediction. It's very simple. The Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Shall I say more or do I need to? No, I don't. I don't need to. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Leave Aaron Rodgers alone on a roster, he gets your team to 10 wins. But they didn't just have they didn't just bring back Aaron Rodgers from an injury. The Packers added Jimmy Graham, tight end from Seattle. And I really am excited to watch the way the Packers use Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is coming to the end of his career, but he's still a mismatch. Linebackers can't guard him. He's a huge target in the red zone. I am so excited to watch the way Aaron Rodgers utilizes Jimmy Graham. But we, we know the Packers are going to score a lot of points. What about the defense? The key to the Packers this year, the difference between going 10-6, and six, making the playoffs, maybe winning your division, maybe not, but making the playoffs. The difference between making the playoffs and dominating the NFC North. The Packers are going to dominate the NFC North. The Packers could win the Super Bowl. Not because they have a great defense, but because they have a passable defense. Their defense is good enough. Good enough that if you have Aaron Rodgers, you could win a Super Bowl. Enough said. They drafted a bunch of corners in the draft. They invested heavily in their defense. And I believe the Packers could win the Super Bowl this year because their defense is marginally better but you don't need a top 10 defense with Aaron Rodgers. You need a top 20 defense. So I'm excited to watch the Packers. I think they could win the Super Bowl this year. And I believe they're going to win the NFC North. Now the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are going to go 11-5. and five. They are a wild card team. Nothing has changed at all since my first prediction about the Vikings. Think about it. If you're a Vikings fan, what, what has changed for the Vikings since last year? Well, in their division, Aaron Rodgers is back. The Bears got better. They added Khalil Mack. They got a new coach. Their offense is going to be better. Oh, and the, you know the Detroit Lions are better. They have a new head coach. Last year, the Vikings went thirteen and three. It's completely reasonable to say, take away two of those wins, they're going to go eleven and five. No problem. You're not going to sweep the Packers. You're not going to sweep the Bears. Maybe, maybe not, but at the very least, you're going to lose to the Packers both times the Vikings play them. Vikings division is tougher. And not to mention, you added Kirk Cousins, which is awesome. I'm excited to watch Kirk Cousins. But this is year one in a new system for Kirk. And the Vikings got a new offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo, the former quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. What that means is you got to give it a year. They're still working out the kinks next year and the year after the next. That's when, if you're a Vikings fan, you should expect the Vikings to be in the Super Bowl or possibly win a Super Bowl. This season, I predict the Vikings to go 11-5. and They are still going to be figuring things out, working out the kinks, and getting this well-oiled machine ready to go. I predict the Chicago Bears to go nine and seven. They made a huge move the other day. They signed, they traded for, and then they signed Khalil Mack. And I gotta tell you, I uh, I wasn't that excited. The the prediction for the Bears went from five and eleven to seven and nine. Woo! Two more wins. Great. That's awesome. You're paying twenty three and a half million dollars for a guy who made an impact of two more wins. Khalil Mack has an impact. I'm not saying he's not a great player. But if you thought the Bears went from 5-11 and 11 to 11-5, you're wrong. That's not what's going to happen. The Bears added Khalil Mack. They have a good defense. Their defense is now a great defense. Cool. Awesome. But the truth is the Bears' defense completely relies on Mitch Trubisky. Excuse me, the Bears' fate. The Bears' season. How well the Bears do this year, it all depends on their quarterback – Mitch Trubisky. He's entering his second year, and I am not sold on Mitch Trubisky. Not at all. Remember, the Bears hired a new head coach, Matt Nagy. He is the former offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a guy who's worked under Andy Reid for years. I love Matt Nagy. I love any guy who's worked around Andy Reid. I'm a big Andy Reid believer. His guys do well. Andy Reid's assistants all do well coaching. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl. Both, both of them were protégés under Andy Reid, just like Matt Nagy. Oh, and Ron Rivera, he took the Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Didn't win, but that's three of Andy Reid's former assistant coaches that have been to Super Bowls. It's a big deal. Matt Nagy's a good coach. And I loved the Bears' decision to hire Mark Helferts, the former Ducks head coach, as their offensive coordinator. The Bears added Taylor Gabriel, the receiver from the Falcons. They added Allen Robinson, the receiver from the Jaguars. The Bears added Trey Burton, tight end from the Eagles. He's the guy who threw Nick Foles a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Here's the deal with the Bears. The Bears improved everywhere, except maybe at quarterback. We're going to find out. We're going to learn a lot about Mitch Trubisky this year. Because Mitch Trubisky has everything going for him. If he can't win, it's on him. If Mitch Trubisky doesn't improve, all that tells us is the Bears made a mistake when they drafted Mitch Trubisky number two overall. I don't know that he's terrible. I think he's probably Andy Dalton level. I think he's he's a middling guy. I don't know that Mitch Trubisky's ever a guy that can win you a Super Bowl. But he's I think he's a guy that could develop into a, per, a quarterback that could win you games. But right now, nobody really knows. And so everyone's talking about Khalil Mack. They're all excited. Khalil Mack, the Bears season is better now because of Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack looks great on a poster. Uh, I don't know that he's going to win games for the Bears. The way the Bears win games is by having a great quarterback, and uh, I don't know that they do. The Detroit Lions are going to be last in the NFC North. they are going to go five and 11. My initial prediction for the Lions was eight and eight, and I have reduced it down to 5 and 11. Couple reasons. First off, the Lions looked atrocious. They looked horrible in the preseason. They looked like they had bad technique. They were soft. They didn't look well coached. It's really concerning if you're a Detroit Lions fan, especially because the Lions hired a defensive-minded head coach and their defensive line, the one thing, the thing that Matt Patricia is supposed to know really well, looked terrible. They looked bad. They didn't look good. Another reason why I don't believe in the Lions. So the defense looks soft. They don't look good. Another strength of the Lions roster is their defensive backs, their secondary, the guys that are supposed to stop passes from happening. Well, the NFL rules have changed. There's now a new catch rule, making defensive backs less valuable. And there's a new helmet rule, meaning, again, defensive backs, their jobs are harder. I was once excited. I said a couple months ago, man, the Lions have a great, great secondary. That should be one of the strengths of their team. And now, even though it is still one of the strengths of their roster, it doesn't matter anymore. The NFL made that obsolete. I don't know, man. Matt Patricia, the new head coach, he, he was once Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. Matt Patricia has a lot of work to do with the Detroit Lions. I like Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. He's well compensated. He's paid what he deserves. But it's it's pretty tragic. You know, Matthew Stafford is gonna live his whole career playing for the Detroit Lions and uh He's a good quarterback that just was given a bad bad organization. I predict the Lions to go 5 and 11. I hope Matt Patricia can turn it around, but if the preseason is any indication, they look like a mess and it's not good. So the NFC North, I predict the NFC North working out like this. I see the Packers going 12 and 4, the Vikings go 11 and 5 to make a wild card spot, the Bears go 7 and 9. Khalil Mack does not significantly improve their team. It only gives them two more wins. And the Lions look bad. Their defense looks undisciplined. They're bad tackling. They have bad technique. The Lions will go 5 and 11. <clears throat> we will stay in the North. Let's talk about the AFC North now. I predict the Pittsburgh Steelers to go 11 and 5. I mean, really, they could go 12 and 4. This all depends on do they rest their starters in week 17? The Steelers could go 12 and 4 there's one interesting wrinkle with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a Le'Veon Bell holdout. Le'Veon Bell is not going to play week one because he wants a better contract. And I don't know how long this holdout's going to last, but there's news today. The offensive linemen are really fed up with them. They're tired. They're annoyed. You never want your offensive line angry with your running back. Now, I think the Steelers are going to be okay. They're going to be fine through week one. They play the Browns. They'll be good again week three. I don't know how, you know, I think that Week two with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs and the Steelers, that's going to be a shootout. But man, the Steelers are incredibly talented. We can all, everybody knows the Steelers are one of the best, most talented rosters in the NFL. Antonio Brown, look, look, at this, listen to their receiving core. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Hunter, James Washington. They also got a return guy, Ryan Switzer. The Steelers could win the Super Bowl. They could be, could, they could be 12-4, and 4, number one seed in the AFC, win the Super Bowl. But it could very easily go the other way. This is Big Ben's last funny. I mean, look, everything's lining up for the Steelers. The Patriots look down. Big Ben is still okay. He's still playing well. Deshaun Watson is probably still one more year away from dominating the AFC altogether. But my fear is, can the Steelers manage their personalities? Will Le'Veon Bell, will other players like that become such a distraction that it takes away from their team? I don't know. I really have no idea. My fear for the Steelers is drama could get in the way. Because this, this is Ben Roethlisberger's final chance to win a Super Bowl. If he can figure out Le'Veon Bell, if he can get everybody in order, get everybody lined up, doing the same job, they could win the Super Bowl. But the Steelers' lack of discipline, their personalities, might be the thing that unravels them. We'll find out. I'm really, really curious to see. Right now, I predict the Steelers go 11-5, and five, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Baltimore Ravens. I predict the Baltimore Ravens to go nine and seven. They are a bubble playoff team. Uh, they're, they're my initial prediction was eight and eight. I'm actually bumping that up, and it's very possible. I like Joe Flacco. He looks pretty good this year. I think the Ravens are. They were a bubble team last year. They were almost a playoff team last year. I think they're right on the edge again this year. Here's the thing: the Ravens very well could usurp the Pittsburgh Steelers. What that means is they could take the place of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Steelers struggle with drama, they're a mess. Their locker room is yapping all over the place. If the Steelers begin to unravel, the Ravens are going to be ready to move in. They like their head coach. They're an organized franchise. They're stable. The Ravens could win the NFC North if the Steelers go haywire. And I think the Ravens are incredibly, incredibly underrated. Again, they were almost a playoff team last year. They should have been. By all accounts, the Ravens should indeed have been a playoff team last year. They got robbed. And I think it's very possible 9-7 becomes 11-5 if Joe Flacco kills it and plays at his top level of elite play. The Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, the quarterback out of Louisville, former Heisman Trophy winner. I don't know that he's going to play at all this year. I think the benefit to adding Lamar Jackson is it motivates Joe Flacco, their franchise quarterback. There's a chance... Joe Flacco does really well, and Lamar Jackson never sees the field all year. Again, I predict the Ravens to go 9-7. I think that could become 11-5. They could replace the Steelers if the Steelers begin to unravel. I predict the Cincinnati Bengals to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, That's four games up from my initial prediction. Initially, I said the Bengals would go 4-12. and 12. Um, Look, here's the thing. They looked really good in the preseason, and I don't want to give too much weight to the preseason, but it's hard to ignore. They look fantastic. Last year, I thought the Bengals were going to finally do something. I thought, this is Andy Dalton's year. And then John Ross got hurt, their rookie wide receiver. Well, he's back. In fact, here are the pieces in place for the Cincinnati Bengals. They have John Ross, A.J. Green's a great wide receiver, Tyler Eifert, an elite tight end, awesome running back Joe Mixon, awesome running back Giovanni Bernard. They also have the helmet rule is going to benefit the Bengals' offense. The new catch rule is going to benefit the Bengals' offense. Everything is in place for the Bengals offense to absolutely annihilate everybody this year. So I, I wanted to say, man, they look 10 and 6. They're going to be great. I pulled it back a little bit because look, it's the Bengals. It's still the preseason. It's vanilla defenses. The Bengals are going to go eight and eight this year. It could be more, it could be less. I I think eight and eight is a reasonable prediction because I don't know what to make of Andy Dalton. Every year, they're hovering right around seven and nine. They're mediocre. It's now or never for Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton, the Bengals quarterback, doesn't deliver, he has no excuses. He has everything going for him. He has new rules to benefit him. He has a ton of offensive weapons. He's been there forever. It is time for Andy Dalton to d- deliver or leave. I, It's 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 really, it's now or never if you're Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals. I predict the Cleveland Browns to go 4 and 12 it's the exact same as my original prediction not much has changed the browns are a lot better i like their roster i like to taylor but they have a tough schedule play the saints the steelers the chargers the falcons going into their bye week the the browns have a bye week in week 11 that's 10 weeks into the season the browns very well could be two and eight no exaggeration they could be two and eight three and seven either way it's not good and what that means is I think Terod Taylor will be done. And after the bye week in Week 12, we will see Baker Mayfield come out for the Cleveland Browns and start the rest of the year. Baker's going to do all right. He's going to be okay. Baker's going to go 2-4 and four as a starter. They're going to finish 4-12. and 12. But it's not a bad season. 4-12 and 12, if you're the Browns. It's a major improvement on 0-16. And I think 4-12 and 12 is nothing to hang your head at. So that's how I see the AFC North working out. I see the AFC North going. The Steelers are going to go 11 and 5. The Ravens are going to go 9 and 7. They could very well flip flop with the Steelers. The Bengals will go 8 and 8. And the Cleveland Browns are much improved. Cleveland Browns, might I add. The Cleveland Browns are going to go 4 and 12, which is not a bad season. That's an exciting 4 and 12 if you are the Cleveland Browns. All right, I'm going to take a short break. I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to catch my breath. Uh, when I return, we're going to talk about the NFC and AFC South. We're going to talk about NFC and AFC West. We'll talk about the Steelers. Excuse me, the Saints. We're going to talk about Cam Newton and the Panthers. I'm going to share my thoughts on the 49ers, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Seahawks. And remember, if you like Strong Opinion Sports, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube, as well as my best, most interesting clips. Help me grow Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Um, I want to say one thing before we get back into predictions. I encourage you, if you love... I, I, I love John Krasinski. He's my favorite actor. I watched... I've recently watched Jack Ryan, the new Amazon Prime series. It is absolutely fantastic. I could not recommend it enough. And uh, with that, I want to jump into the NFC South. I predict the New Orleans Saints are going to go 3 and 3-13. They have, the reason why they're going to do so well, they have a magical schedule. Everything is lined up for the Saints to potentially win a Super Bowl. See, 11 of the 16 games New Orleans Saints play this year are indoors. In a dome. Where Drew Brees and New Orleans Saints have thrived for years. The Saints are built to win games indoors. If you're a Saints fan, you should be incredibly excited. See, the last thing you want to do if you're a Saints fan, you don't want to see the Saints end up in Lambeau Field, in the snow, in the cold, in December. That would not work out well for Drew Brees and the Saints. But that's not what we're going to get. We're going to see the Saints in their element, dominating people all year, and again going 13-3. and Another huge, huge, huge important thing for the Saints is that their defense looks really good. They're going to be a top-half defense in the league, a a top-16 defense. There's 32 teams. That's what you need if you're Drew Brees. See, the last time Drew Brees won a Super Bowl was 2009. The Saints had home field advantage in the playoffs, and they had a really solid defense. Right now, the Saints have both a good defense, and they're going to have home field advantage in the playoffs. Everything is lining up for the Saints to potentially win a Super Bowl this year. All their tough games are indoors. They're, they're one, one—oh, by the way, the one tough game for the Saints. Their really tough, cold December game is, guess what? They play in Tampa Bay, Florida in December. <laughs> they're going to be fine. Um, I, I'm excited to watch to see uh, the New Orleans Saints. I really thought the Falcons initially were going to be the team to win their division, and then I looked at the Saints' schedule and I said, oh, wow. Wow, everything lined up in their favor. So I think the Saints are a Super Bowl favorite. They will go 13-3. They're going to win the NFC South— And I think they could very well win the Super Bowl this year. And maybe, who knows, maybe Drew Brees retires at the end of the year and just hands the keys to the car to Teddy Bridgewater. We shall see. Now, the Atlanta Falcons are going to go 12-4. and They are also an incredible team. You talk about the Saints, you got to mention the Atlanta Falcons. They could win a Super Bowl this year. Matt Ryan's going to be fantastic. The reason why Matt Ryan is going to be good this year and struggled last year Matt Ryan got a new offensive coordinator last year, Steve Sarkeesian, and they were just getting to know each other. They were working out the kinks. They were not great in the red zone. The key to this relationship is situational football is all about how well you know each other. What is Matt Ryan comfortable with? The more you work with Matt Ryan, the more you know what Matt Ryan wants to do and how he works and how he operates. Frankly, I think that's a mark of, it shows Steve Sarkeesian is not an elite offensive coordinator, but he's not, he's not an incapable offensive coordinator. He can win. He just takes longer to catch up. I think the Falcons are going to be better this year. Again, situational football, the Falcons will be better in the red zone because Matt Ryan, Steve Sarkeesian, they know each other better. And we have a potential to see the rookie of the year come out of Atlanta. We're going to see Calvin Ridley dominate people. Calvin Ridley, because he's the third receiver in Atlanta, he's going to have a bunch of mismatches all the time. They're going to put all the attention on Devontae Freeman, the running back. Or people are going to put attention on Julio Jones by double-teaming Julio or guard Mohammed Sanu. And lost in the mix is going to be little old Calvin Ridley with great matchups, potentially winning rookie of the year. So the Falcons are going to go 12-4. and four. They could win the Super Bowl. They're going to work better together, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback. And uh, I think the Falcons are a really great team, a scary team. If the Saints didn't exist all we would be all I would be doing on this show is talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Sadly for the Falcons, the New Orleans Saints do exist. However, if they play each other in the playoffs, they're both built to play in domes. They're both built to play indoors. The Saints home field advantage goes away if they play the Atlanta Falcons in their home stadium. I predict the Carolina Panthers to go eight and eight. You may not like that, and that's fine. Um, I, I have been getting Cam Newton hate forever. I don't hate, I love Cam Newton. I'm a fan of Cam Newton. I like the guy. I'm just honest about him. Now, my initial prediction for the Panthers was six and 10. I have decided to bump the Panthers up a little bit. It was encouraging. The preseason for Cam Newton was incredibly, incredibly encouraging. He looked great. Remember the Panthers hired offensive coordinator, Norv Turner. And the reason why they brought in Norv Turner was to help Cam Newton develop as a passer. They want Cam Newton to be more precise. Well, it's what it looked like in the preseason. I know it's the preseason, and that's why I didn't move the Panthers up from 6-10 and 10 to 11-5, and because it's the preseason. Who really knows? But as far as accuracy, as far as Cam Newton throwing the ball where only his receiver could get it, he was throwing back shoulder fades. He was throwing the ball all over the place with precision and accuracy. That's encouraging if you're a Panthers fan, and as a person who's rooting for Cam Newton, I was excited to see that. I'm not going to go 11-5. and five. I don't want to go crazy with the Panthers. Eight and eight is a reasonable prediction because they're an aging defense and they're not as great. This is not the team that went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Now, eight and eight is a reasonable prediction for the Carolina Panthers in 2018. They could go 10 and six. That all depends on Cam Newton. How well is, does he play? How efficient does he play? Is his completion percentage at 67% or is it down at 61%? I hope Cam Newton runs a lot, but I really hope he can show his ability to win from the pocket. If Cam Newton can win from the pocket this year, 8 and 8 becomes 11 and 5, 12 and 4, maybe the playoffs. This team lives and dies with Cam Newton, and the better he plays in the pocket, not running, I want him to run. I love Cam Newton running. He's he's got a special talent. He should use it. But 8 and 8 becomes 11 and 5 if Cam Newton can show the ability to play with precision in the pocket as a quarterback. I predict the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go 4-12. and 12. Uh, I initially predicted the P- Buccaneers to go 2-14. and 14. It was harsh. It was too much. I think I was a little bit spooked by the fact that Jameis Winston, their quarterback, was suspended for three games. He was up to no good this time. I don't want to talk about it, but he, he got in trouble this offseason. That's a fair way to put it. Um, here's the game to watch if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. In week four, Jameis Winston is going to return from his suspension. They play the the Chicago Bears. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the Chicago Bears in week four. And Jameis Winston is going to be eager to prove himself. I remember vividly Tom Brady's first game after coming back from a suspension because of Deflategate. Tom Brady was fired up. He was angry. He had the best year of his career. The reason is because... He was eager. He had something to prove. And he spent weeks watching that game film of the team they played. I can't remember who they played, but I know this. Jameis Winston is going to watch three weeks of Chicago Bears film. He's going to be amped up. He's going to be ready to go. And he's going to bring it to the Chicago Bears in week four. Now, ultimately, um, I don't know that, look, this is the worst team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst team in their division. They're going to get beat up by the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, they also have to play the Eagles, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the 49ers. Look, the Buccaneers and the Bengals is a really good game. The Buccaneers and the Browns, that's a good game. That's indicative of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season. My only question with the Buccaneers, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I think they're 4-12. and 12. My only question is, maybe maybe 5-11, and 11, right? It's possible. My question for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, do they commit long-term to Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston got in trouble this offseason. He showed repeatedly he's not very mature at quarterback. Do the Buccaneers invest more time, money, energy, resources into Jameis Winston? Or do they, when they have a high draft pick, they're gonna go four and twelve. They're gonna be in position to draft a quarterback next year. Will they move on from Jameis Winston or will they reaffirm their commitment to their quarterback? So the NFC South is gonna work out like this: the Saints are gonna go three and thirteen, the Falcons are gonna go 12-4, the Panthers will go eight and eight. And the Buccaneers will go four and twelve. Lost my phone. I had my phone. I don't see it. I don't know where it is. Oh, here it is. I, uh, I'm gonna answer a text. I have a date later tonight. Cool. Sounds good. Sorry, this is horrible radio. I, uh, I have to reply to this text or else this girl is not gonna go on a date with me. So I gotta do my best. This is great. You guys are excited. This is great radio. Uh, I can wait thirty minutes, so she can wait till I finish recording. That's cool. You gotta get a girl who's on board with your podcast. I'll probably cut this. This is terrible, isn't it? I just criticized Rover Sports for yelling at his mom in the middle of a video. I can't do this. Um, cool. Cop? No, I don't want to say cop. Cool. See you in a bit. Got a date tonight. She's got a cute accent. I'm excited. Got a British accent. Never been on a date with a girl who had a British accent. Let's move on. Let's go now to the AFC South. I predict the Houston Texans to go 11 and five. Not much has changed since my initial prediction. Look, Deshaun Watson's coming back, and he was probably going to be rookie of the year last year. Deshaun Watson is going to be great. JJ Watt is healthy. Look, if the Texans can avoid injuries, the Texans are one of the best teams in the NFL. Their roster is incredible. Now, the one thing worth noting, the weakness of the Texans, is that their offensive line stinks. Now, the good news is their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, can run all over the place. He's a very mobile quarterback. I don't know that I want my quarterback who just tore his ACL running all over the place, but they'll be okay if their offensive line is weak. I'm just really curious. The one thing people want to see, the the question with Deshaun Watson is, is he a one-hit wonder? Remember how good RG3 looked his rookie year? RG3 was rookie of the year. He looked fantastic. And then he showed he was injury-prone, wasn't really playing real football. He was playing a lot of gimmicky stuff. I do not believe Deshaun Watson is RG3. I don't know that Deshaun Watson's injury-prone, but I know this for a matter of fact. I know, I can guarantee this. Deshaun Watson is a real NFL quarterback. Plays with poise in big moments, but he also runs a real offense. He's not running the zone read. He does occasionally, but he's running real, actual, complicated offenses. Bill O'Brien does not hold back, even with a guy like Deshaun Watson. A rookie quarterback, I don't care. I'm going to give this kid everything I have in my playbook. When RG3 was with the Redskins, they dumbed down the playbook to help him out, to help him develop as a quarterback, to kind of steal some success. Gimmicky offense. The Texans didn't do that last year with Deshaun Watson. They ran simplified stuff. They ran his own read, sure, but that's because they were using his abilities as best they could. They were trying to get his legs out of him. they were trying to use him to run a little bit. But Deshaun Watson's a real NFL quarterback. He runs real NFL systems, and he's going to be very, very successful down the road. I predict the Indianapolis Colts to go 9-7. and seven. That is down a game from my initial prediction of 10-6. and six. The Colts, again, I repeat, the Colts will go 9-7. and seven. The reason I moved them down one game is because I just want to give Andrew Luck a little bit of time to recover. Andrew Luck is going to be 100% at some point this year, but it's not really going to be till. November. I read Drew Brees' book. Drew Brees ripped his shoulder apart. There was just a bunch of meat hanging around in his shoulder, and uh, he said it wasn't until November after his injury happened that he was hundred percent. So I don't know. I think Colts are a solid team. They're a they're good. They're not great. They're they're actually they're okay. The Colts are an okay roster, but they have a better offensive line. They're an improving defense. And the key to the Indianapolis Colts, the reason why the Colts will go 9-7, and seven, finish ahead of the Jaguars, is because they have a real quarterback, Andrew Luck. Quarterbacks matter more than having a great defense, especially with the new rules. Who's better, Andrew Luck or Blake Bortles? It's simple. Andrew Luck's a better quarterback. Therefore, the Colts will have a better season than the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans combined. Combined? No. But, I don't know. The Titans are not going to have a better year than the Colts. The Jaguars are not going to have a better year than the Colts because the Colts have Andrew Luck, who's a better quarterback. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I predict, going 8-8. Again, nothing has changed. This has been my prediction all along. I believe the Jaguars are going to take a step back. Last year, people forget. The Jaguars were not 14-2 or 3-13. The Jaguars were a meager 10-6. The Jaguars won their division at ten and six because Deshaun Watson got hurt. Andrew Luck was injured. The Texans weren't as the Titans weren't as good. This year, Deshaun Watson's coming back. The Jaguars are going to have to play Deshaun Watson twice, and the Jaguars are going to have to play Andrew Luck twice. Oh, and the Tennessee Titans, another playoff team in your division. They're also better this year. It's incredibly reasonable to say the Jaguars are going to go from ten and six take a small step backwards to eight and eight and miss the playoffs. But here's the key to the Jaguars. The most frustrating thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy watching the Jaguars. I hate watching this team because their quarterback sucks. Blake Bortles doesn't have it. He's not, I guess I shouldn't say he sucks. He's not awful. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, but Jesus Christ, come on. He's not the best. He's not very good. It is so frustrating to watch such a great roster wasted for years because of Blake Bortles. Got a little bit passionate, but Blake Bortles is not enough. It's disappointing. A guy who I understand how great the Jaguars roster is, and they're being limited because of their quarterback. They also lost their best receiver. The Jaguars lost Marquise Lee. He got knee injuries out for the year. So that's why I predict the Jaguars going eight and eight. They have a good defense. They have a harder schedule, and they have a bad quarterback. They have a limited quarterback, a quarterback that can't win you games. So Blake Bortles, not enough. The Jaguars go 8-8 eight and eight this year, and uh, Blake Bortles will not improve enough to lead the team to the AFC South title. Now, finally, the Tennessee Titans will go 5-11. and 11. I dropped them down two games from my initial prediction. Initially, I predicted the, ja- the Titans would go 7-9. N- and I can't even talk. The like, I love Marcus Mariota, the human being. Marcus Mariota, the quarterback of the Titans. He's a great guy. He's nice. He's leader of the Boy Scouts. That's all awesome. But on the field, he looks like a third-tier quarterback. Marcus Mariota is a lot more Andy Dalton than he is Aaron Rodgers. He's more like Blake Bortles and Case Keenum. I want to see more from—here's the thing— Marcus Mariota threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns last year. Put that in your head. An NFL quarterback, more interceptions than touchdowns. He's keeping his job. (laughs) They made the playoffs last year with a quarterback that threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He got his coach fired. I don't have a lot of faith in Marcus Mariota. I like him the person. He's not a great quarterback. He's good. He's fine. He's Andy Dalton. Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not the next great quarterback in the league. That ship has sailed. If he was going to be the next great quarterback, he would have been by now because he's been in the league long enough. The Titans are learning a new offense. Their quarterback is okay. They have a defensive-minded head coach. And uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the Titans. The Titans will go 5 and 11 So the AFC South, I see the AFC South working out like this. The Texans will go 11-5. The Colts will go 9-7. The Jaguars will go 8-8. And and the Titans will finish last going 5-11. Are you ready? We have two more divisions left. Let's talk about the AFC West. I predict the LA Chargers going 12-4. They could win the Super Bowl. They have one of the better rosters in the entire NFL. They have Phillip Rivers. Keenan Allen at receiver, Melvin Gordon, a running back, Melvin Ingram, a defensive end, Joey Bosa, defensive end, defense, I don't, I don't know, I can't remember, their defensive line is fantastic regardless, and I said their position's wrong, I said their position's wrong, I apologize, forgive me, let's move on. Here is the problem with the Chargers, they struggle against the run, this is, I mean, this might be the year, Philip Rivers could win a Super Bowl this year, this is his chance, but they're going to struggle in the playoffs against teams like the Jaguars, if the Jaguars make it, or the Steelers. You could even argue the Patriots could beat up on the, Steel- the Chargers because the Patriots are going to have a good running game this year. That's the thing the Chargers need to clean up. It looks like their kicking game got solved. They have a good quarterback, good running back, good pass rush. They struggle against the run. And a team with Le'Veon Bell like the Pittsburgh Steelers could exploit that in the playoffs. I think the Chargers are a playoff team. I don't know that they're going to go all the way in the playoffs because of their weakness against the run. The Kansas City Chiefs will go 11 and 5. They are one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. And I am taking a chance on the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's the truth the Chiefs got rid of Alex Smith. The Chiefs got rid of their former quarterback, Alex Smith, because he wasn't doing enough. He was okay, he was solid. He won you games. It was good times, good memories. But when it really mattered, he wasn't going to pull the trigger. He wasn't enough. The Chiefs committed to their new quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and this kid is special. I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I'm willing to take a chance with Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people are—they're you know, being really safe. A lot of people are predicting the Chiefs to go eight and eight. Seven and nine, nine and seven. Ooh. No, I think the Chiefs are gonna have a fantastic year. They're gonna go eleven and five. Their defense is somewhat limited. They're gonna lose some games because of that. But every time the Chiefs line up to play, their quarterback has a chance to do something incredible. If I told you who's more likely to lead the NFL in passing? Patrick Mahomes or Alex Smith? We all know the answer is Patrick Mahomes. If you don't, you better educate yourself because Patrick Mahomes is is coming along, and he's going to be fantastic. We saw glimpses of it in the preseason. That was the preseason. Andy agent uh, Andy Reid, the head coach for the Chiefs, wasn't showing very much. So I, I believe in Patrick Mahomes. There's also a lot of other reasons why the Chiefs are going to dominate. It's all because of offense. The NFL rules have changed. They have a new catch rule, which benefits receivers. They have a new helmet rule, which makes receivers more valuable. All the skilled players for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey... All of these guys are more valuable because of the shift the NFL made this offseason with the rules. I can't wait to watch the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is incredible, and they're going to do some special stuff this year. It's going to be ugly at times. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is perfect, but man, is it going to be fun. <clears throat> the Oakland Raiders are going to go 6-10, and 10, and that is down one game from the initial prediction again a couple weeks ago. Initially, I said the Raiders would go seven and nine. I'm now saying six and ten. And it's not because of Khalil Mack. Everyone's going to say, well, the Raiders traded away Khalil Mack. They're going to struggle. Mm, that's not why I'm worried about the Raiders. I got to say first, I love the Raiders quarterback. I love Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is the next Aaron Rodgers. He's the next big thing. Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are going to run the NFL eventually. I even love the Raiders new head coach, John Gruden. But I think it's going to take John Gruden time to acclimate back into the NFL. He was gone for 10 years. Last time he coached in the NFL was 2008. It's 2018, 10 years later. And I think what's going to happen is John Gruden's going to run into a, a bunch of small, annoying hitches that nobody thinks of. We all know if there's a giant thing in your eye. We all, everyone, if you're driving down the road, everybody knows you got to check your tires. you got to check your oil. What about the unexpected stuff? The little things you don't know about. For example, if if you disconnect my clock in my car, my engine doesn't start. It makes no sense. And that's not something you can prepare for. That's just a weird, weird quirk that you would, couldn't have prepared for. That's the kind of thing that John Gruden's gonna run into this year. Another a couple other things the Raiders are gonna struggle with. The Raiders are in turmoil. I mean, the Raiders are about to move to Las Vegas that drama is going to hang over the franchise all, all year. Not to mention that the coach, John Gruden, has a longer contract than the general manager, Reggie McKenzie. More friction. And frankly, the thing is, the Raiders aren't that good. I mean, look, I like Jordy Nelson. He's aging, but I like him. I like Amari Cooper. But other than that, that those guys and Derek Carr, who do they have? I mean, Marshawn Lynch is getting older. The Raiders' defense is awful. They were awful with Khalil Mack. They are even more awful without Khalil Mack. The Raiders can't beat teams in the top half of the league. The Raiders can. Every game the Raiders play is going to be a shootout until they play a team with a good defense and a good offense, and then the Raiders won't be able to keep up. The Raiders won't be able to keep up with the Saints or the Falcons or the Vikings or the Eagles. No way. The Raiders have a good offense. They're going to put up a lot of points against the Browns, the Buccaneers. But anytime there's a real legitimate offense to challenge the Raiders— they're going to struggle because their defense is completely awful. I see the Raiders going 6-10. and 10. The Broncos are going to go 5-11. and 11. The Broncos have dropped four games from my initial prediction. Initially, I said the Broncos would go 9-7. and seven. And then I thought about it for a little bit. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The Broncos roster is built for a different era of football. They have a great defense, but the NFL is changing. The NFL is not about defense anymore. Defense once won championships. defense used to win championships. Now there's new rules. There's a helmet rule, there's a catch rule, a lot of other stuff. the culture in the NFL is shifting. The NFL is becoming seven on seven with pads. The NFL is a lot more about having a great quarterback who makes great decisions than it is about having a bunch of dudes that can knock the stuffing out of you. The physicality of football is going away. Defense, is going away. It's becoming more and more obsolete. So teams that have a great defense and an average quarterback, like the Broncos, bye-bye. Hello? No way. You're gone. The NFL has become the thinking man's game. It's not about being the most physical. It's not about being the biggest or the most intimidating. There are moments where that helps. I'm not saying all physicality is gone from the NFL. But Baker Mayfield is a small, small quarterback. 20 years ago, Baker Mayfield would not be in the NFL. But the NFL has changed. It's about making good decisions, delivering the ball on time to the right place. It's not about being the six foot five guy that can throw the ball a mile, a million miles. It helps. I'm not saying it doesn't. But the NFL is changing. It's a thinking man's game. People say baseball, the thinking man's game. They're wrong. Study a defense. <laughs> Football is all about strategy and decision making, and it's becoming less. And less about the big hits over the middle. Case Keenum's an average quarterback. The Broncos are built for defense. I think the Broncos are gonna go five and eleven. They might go six and ten, but Case Keenum is not good enough in today's NFL to dominate. And their defense is in an archaic form that's built for an old era of football. I think the Broncos are gonna be last in the AFC West. They're gonna go five and eleven. And I don't think Case Keenum is enough to help their team. Win and make the playoffs. So that's how I see the AFC West working out. The AFC West, again, the Chargers will go 12 and 4, the Chiefs will go 11 and 5, the Raiders will go 6 and 10, and the Broncos will go 5 and 11. The last, last division in the NFL I want to talk about, again, the last one left on the list, the NFC West. So the Rams are going to go 12 and 4. That's my prediction. They are a Super Bowl favorite. They should be. Their goal, everything the Rams have done this offseason, has been do- working towards a Super Bowl. I know everybody does that. Everybody says they do that. Yeah, the Browns were not ever working towards a Super Bowl. The Rams have had that in their sights all along, and they've had a real legitimate shot at it every single time. The Rams gave Todd Gurley a new contract. The Rams gave Aaron Donald a new contract. The Rams traded for Brandon Cooks and signed Brandon Cooks. They added Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib, Dominican Sue. The Rams have... The best. I I don't say this lightly. The Rams have the best roster in the NFL, and they also have the best young mind in coaching. Now it's either Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, but the Rams are no slouch when it comes to coaching. Best roster in the NFL. Great coach. There are only two teams. There only excuse me. There are only two things. There are two factors that could stop the Rams from winning the Super Bowl this year. The first one is Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the quarterback for the Rams. He's entering his third year. Uh, he's largely unproven. In big moments, we haven't seen enough. He no big moments in college. Wasn't really great in big moments last year. He's good. He's a solid quarterback. But when the pressure was on, how did he play? No one really knows. So Jared Goff might wilt in the big moments. That's one factor that could bring apart the Rams. The other reason the Rams could fall apart is they have so many personalities, so many egos in that locker room. I don't know that that's sustainable. I, I hope I'm wrong. Here's the thing. I know this is going to make 49ers fans is angry. I'm rooting for the Rams. The Rams are a great story. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. I am all for the guy who puts all the chips on the table, takes a bunch of risks. That guy's interesting. I'm curious to see if it works out. I hope it does work out for the Rams. But I don't know that it will. I mean, they took a massive risk dominican sue aaron donald how do they share the field maybe well it's only for one year but there's a lot of personalities in that rams locker room i don't know that it's going to work out now, i predict the rams going 12 and 4 they're a super bowl favorite but again jared goff those personalities those two things could unravel the rams i predict the san francisco 49ers to in nine and seven i love the 49ers this year i love their coach kyle shanahan I love their general manager, John Lynch. I love their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. The Rams are building something. Excuse me, the 49ers are building something. The 49ers are on their way to building a great franchise again. Problem is, they're still a year or two away. You knew this was coming. Look, the running, the 49ers running back, Jarek McKinnon Torres ACL, that was confirmation to me. Look, the 49ers are still a year or two away. Have A young defense that's growing. They're entering their first year with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback for a full season. The 49ers are a bubble playoff team. I don't think they are a playoff team, but they're 9-7, and 10-6. They're close, but they're not there yet. The 49ers need time and patience. Eventually, the Rams roster will be too expensive and the Rams are going to implode. And when that happens, waiting in the wings will be the San Francisco 49ers ready to take back their division, the NFC West. I predict the Seattle Seahawks to go 5-11. and 11. Uh, Originally, I said 6-10. and 10. I've now bumped them down to 5-11. and 11. The Seahawks are going to struggle. Here's the thing. It's very simple for the Seahawks. Everybody's gone. All the stars, all the personalities, everything for the Seahawks. Talent, distractions, everything. It's all gone. Yeah, I mean, you have Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is the one person left from the Seahawks' legion of boom. That's it. Russell Wilson will be the one bright spot in a bad, ugly season for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. They're going to go 5-11. and 11. Now, it's worth pointing out, if Russell Wilson can get this roster, this depleted, ugly, messy roster that the Seattle Seahawks have, if Russell Wilson can get this Seattle Seahawks roster to have a winning season, he's my league MVP. If, if he can do that, if he can get this team to 10 wins, 9 wins, Russell Wilson, that's incredible. He'd be MVP in my book. But I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I think the Seahawks are going to go 5-11. and 11. Now, finally, the last team in the NFL I want to talk about this: Arizona Cardinals will go 5-11. Now, here's the thing. The, the Cardinals roster is better than 5-11. But their quarterback situation is weird. Sam Bradford's really good. I like Sam Bradford. He's played really well at times. But he's played well when he's in, not injured. <laughs> he's always injured. He's going to get injured at some point this year. I guarantee he's going to get injured. It always happens. <laughs> They play the Bears, and I'm like, that's horrifying. They play the Broncos. I'm like, ah, that's scary. I, I can just imagine. Sam Bradford's going to snap in two. And then they're going to be forced to play Josh Rosen before he's ready. And maybe Josh Rosen's ready now. I don't know. But the transition between Sam Bradford to Josh Rosen, whenever that transition happens, is going to be bumpy. It's not going to be very smooth. I believe that's why the Cardinals will go 5-11. and 11. They're a pretty solid roster. They're a roster that could go 9-7. and seven. But the weirdness at quarterback, the turmoil at quarterback, is going to make the Cardinals go five and eleven. They're going to underachieve because of their quarterbacks, not because their quarterbacks are bad. I think Josh Rosen at some point is going to be a great NFL quarterback. I think Sam Bradford is a good NFL quarterback. But that weird situation, the transition, is going to—they're going to struggle at times. All right, that's my show for today, guys. That's everything I have. Actually, one more thing—I just want to say—I should break down my playoffs. Here's how I see the playoffs working out. In the NFC, the Saints are going to go thirteen and three. The Packers are going to go 12-4. The Rams will go 12-4. And, and either the Eagles or the Cowboys will get the last spot in the top four in the playoffs going 10-6. In the wild card in the NFC, the Falcons will go 12-4. And, and the Vikings will go 11-5. Saints, Packers, Rams, Eagles or Cowboys, Falcons, Vikings. That's the NFC playoffs. In the AFC, the playoffs are going to work out like this. The Chargers are going to go 12-4. The Steelers, 11-5. and 5, The Texans, 11-5. The Patriots are going to manage to make the playoffs somehow at 9-7. And in the wild card, you're going to have the Chiefs at 11-5, and five, and either the Ravens or the Colts at 9-7. and seven. Chargers, Steelers, Texans, Patriots, Chiefs, and then the Ravens or the Colts. That's how I see the playoffs working out. My Super Bowl prediction, I see it being the Steelers and the Saints. I think the Saints are going to beat the Steelers, although I will add, I would be ecstatic. I would love to see the Rams win a Super Bowl. I don't know that I believe in Jared Goff enough, but my goodness, their team is... And, and, you know, injuries could hit them. Injuries could hit any one of these teams. That's going to throw off all my predictions, but it I would be so cool to see the Rams risk everything, shoot the moon and make it happen. So that's my show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I have a date to go to. I'm super late. I hope she doesn't bail on me. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. If you like Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, help me grow this show by telling your friends about it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, help me grow by telling your friends about this. So my name is Zach Schaumler. Have a great day. I'll be back on Friday. Bunch of news. I've got some updates on Khalil Mack, about a bunch of other stuff. Can't wait. Guys, have a great day. Talk soon. Ba-dum-bum. Bam. We are done.